Welcome to the Kinja's Podcast. Here we will discuss dance, life, and whatever the f*** we want. Welcome back to another episode of the Kinja's Podcast, Movement in the Shadows. Today we have Lando Wilkins in the house. Lando is a dancer, world-renowned choreographer, teacher, educator, creative director, artist, and he is a toy creator. He designs these really cool toys. Lando is a OG community vet. We go back uh, over 10 years and we reminisce uh, about the days from super galactic beat manipulators to how he went on to do box cutters to most wanted crew. There's a lot of history there. Um, We get into some of that. And what I like about this conversation was Lando doesn't really like talking about himself. He's a really humble dude, but um, I think what goes on in his head is uh, is really interesting because I think a lot of people recognize him for his artistry and his unique movement style, but uh, maybe not, have, haven't had the opportunity or the time to actually get into a conversation. So he really just opens up about um, how he approaches education, how he values the education being free and how he wishes how he could have uh, valued that at a younger age. But he's constantly learning. He's always his mind's constantly going. And I think that's something that's dope. But at the same time, that being paired with his ability to slow down and take a breath to kind of assess a situation and and learn how to be observant and then keep moving forward. So, yeah, I think this is a good conversation because I think anybody who's out there trying to pursue a dream and pursue something in the arts can get paralyzed by different variables and different factors in the fear of the unknown and and Lando kind of gets into a lot of that and how he personally approaches all those things to even just where he's currently at with dance and and how uh, he's more concerned or more uh, focused on the educational in terms of uh, mindset and, and understanding of what's going on in here before it translates into your body Um, We get into a fun lightning round at the end, uh, as always. So uh, for anyone out there who's kind of been a fan of Lando's movement and even in his his artistry and his toys, um, this is a good look in, in what's going on as the gears are spinning. So let's get right into this one. Welcome back to another episode of the Kinja's Podcast, Movement in the Shadows. I'm your host, Ben. We got Jeremy back there on the switches. And across from me... We got the homie Lando Wilkins is in the house. What's up, Lando? What's up? Dude, thanks for coming on, man. Lando Lando is a longtime friend of mine. We go back, um, man, over a decade, over yeah. a decade's worth of knowing this guy. Uh, if you guys don't know Lando, he is a uh, dancer, world-renowned choreographer, teacher, educator, artist, creative director, and he's a toy designer. Oh, That's no. tight. That's <laughs> yeah. so tight, man. The arts. Yeah, man. Hey, Lando, it's been it's been a while. So I, I, I came in, I took your class last week at ML. Right. And then we went to go eat after, and then we kind of went down this whole memory lane of just, like, <laughs> reminiscing about, like, our history. Yeah. Um, dude, I've been, yeah, I've been knowing you for a while, man, and it's dope to see just your evolution as a as an artist and as a dancer and as a creative and just as a person, man, and... Um, but for whoever doesn't know you, give us uh, a brief uh, sort of background history, like where you grew up, where you're from, all that, all that good stuff. I'm glad you said both of those people grew up in where they from in two different areas. 
from, I'll say, just to make something solid, from and grew up in San Diego, partially. Father was uh, military, moved to Vista area where Camp Pendleton's at, yep. and just gradually went down to SD. And from there, stayed into the dance scene and school scene, like education and dance was always the two main focuses at the time. But dance wasn't the main career or even thought of a job or that it would take off to where it's at now. Yeah. It was just how it is we did before, dance yeah. in the streets. And that's where I kind of see why I grew up is like in the streets. And I know that sounds mad cliche and weird when like, yo, I'm from the streets. Yeah. I don't mean yeah. it in that way. It's yeah. just like the streets was a fun time. Like your peers, your friends, your environment. So you learn a lot from being outside of uh, your circle and just open your your perspective to things. Yeah, yeah. And so I met you, I think it was 2005 or six or something. Feels about right. And so uh, I, I knew of you through, you were rocking with 220 back oh, in the day, right? Yeah. And I remember seeing your piece, I think it was at a vibe, and you definitely like stood out. I was like, yo, that dude, he, he has a very unique movement style. And um, I never interacted with you during that time, but it wasn't until... KB started SGBM, yeah, Super Galactic yeah. Beat Manipulator. Shout out. First gen SGBM, dude. And I think, yeah, I just started seeing you rocking with Kev, and I was like, dude, this fool's nasty. And um, and then we started rocking together on SGBM, man. That's, just, that's a long time ago. That's, long time, yeah. but within that time was such a quick turnaround. Because yeah. I did do the 220 thing. My style was accepted with the new cats but i think like the previous generation had already had a format so it didn't really blend that well mm -hmm. so of course you humble yourself and you learn from them too of the format and i think we took that format to another another level yeah. as well yeah so um what did you have any like formal training in dance or did you just kind of pick it up and learn it from watching music no, videos and, as in technical style or yeah like what would you say how was your what was your background in training was being thrown into the fire and you just learn yeah. it's same thing like when you're in i would say the focus more on the b-boy scene so you're not really taught but you learn in the environment and you just kind of eye coordination and just create your own and just everyone's about persona and originality and character at that time yeah. so you i think most of us are like in my sense was kind of self-taught by example but technical training or anything that's where I had to go to a class to kind of like learn prior to being uh, hip hop being in the studio was all just in the streets. Yeah. So tight. So you, you mentioned that um, dance wasn't this career path that you were, were no. planning to go down. Right. Yeah. So how did you find I mean, well, you, you spent a lot of years, your years in San Diego, but you eventually moved out to L.A. Right. Yeah. Was that move to actually pursue dance professionally? Yes and no. <laughs> uh, the move was just, again, um, I guess my, my key thing here would be about perspective. And once I got out of my city, you know, when I was old enough to drive and go to freestyle sessions in Long Beach, the, the dance scene was much more stronger towards the industry that I wanted to adapt and learn about it. So it wasn't a move to pursue a career. It was a move to experience uh, an industry I was, that was unknown to me that I heard of. Mm. And then see if that would lead to a career, which it, it did eventually. Got you. And um, you didn't really focus too much on like the whole auditioning and commercial world, but it was mainly for like a week. <laughs> I tried. Yeah, I went out. Yeah. You know, some friends like, "Yo, let's go crash this." I didn't know you can crash an audition. Yeah. You can just go there and fake representation. I'm like, "Cool, I want to go and check it out." Yeah. 
went there. I can't remember who who it was for, and it just was not my. It's not your thing. Nah, it just tasted funky. Yeah. Like something, something. And I'm gonna just say there's something fake about it. Yeah. Something not real about what's going on, uh-huh. and coming from a real realness to a a fake kind of scenario yeah, was it like. It just wasn't your, yeah, your yeah. cup of tea. I get it. Um, did you uh, already kind of jump into like the teaching scene then with uh, you know while you're out yeah. here? Yeah. I think I was already in San Diego basically when YouTube started or started to boom. I forgot what it was called before, but. Um, when it became that platform yeah. where everyone can see what you're doing right. versus you have to be at the scene to experience what's going on. Like I said, right. with freestyle sessions or tribal events. Yeah. Um, that just sucked us. I think that was around our era, like I said, in that in the, within that decade before or more where people were just recording us or a small class routine could spread out to other parts of the world and we just got absorbed. Yeah. So I'm not sure if it was a similar thing for you, but for me it was like I didn't have the option or I didn't make the choice to pursue this career until I took ownership of it later on. Mm. It was like, cool, I'll go to Taiwan. I'll go to Germany. I've never been there before. Yeah. You know, my dad's like, take advantage of the opportunity of travel because it'll widen your, you know, my thought mentality also to yeah. broaden my horizons. So and parents supported the whole dance hustle. Yeah, even prior to anything that I did, I've always had that knack and character and trait to to show worth or proof of what I was doing, that I was actually doing it for something, even if it was something dumb, I would show that I'm able to make something out of it mm-hmm. and I wouldn't have anyone to say anything against it because I have proof of product kind of thing, mm-hmm. of, which is I'm the product. Yeah, yeah. Um, you did get on, or so when it was like 07, 08, you kind of made the move out to LA right around that time, right? Yeah, yeah, right. And then ABDC season two with Most Wanted, was no, that season season three? Season with three. Box. Okay, box cutters, and yeah. then most wanted, right? Most wanted. So what? Uh, yeah, give us a little bit of uh, <laughs> like your <laughs> your view, because I that's the funny thing, because like I I've I've always known you to not be the type of person to like really care about that kind of stuff, but I'll, then like I can tell you right now too, like season three wasn't I didn't want to do it, but my fellow members wanted to do it, yeah. so I was like, all right, let's make a small little squad and go out. And they saw a unique style, which is, again, like my style is, is unique more so at the time yeah. versus uh, now it's more adapted with the musicality and speed stuff and yeah. control and just beat manipulation uh, yeah. from KB also. But um, it was for them for that season. And then, we, you know, experienced it, got the boot. And I'm like, I knew it. Uh-huh. I knew it was that close getting into and I don't like it. And that yeah. went in, put on the facade and bounced. And then same with most, we came together and I just did it with my bros, you know, at the time to support mine and or the image of Most Wanted with World of Dance and Mm -hmm. went on the show and did it. But other than that, it was like, no. (laughs) Did you feel like that um, kind of uh, gave you a different perspective or did it kind of just um, support what you already thought about the the dance industry? It verified. Mm Mm-hmm. By season, uh, the season three with Box, um, I did learn a lot on the inside, ins and outs of the industry, more on the commercial end of a director's perspective. Yeah. So I went there and took that knowledge on keywords and terminology and how processes went and how they fit so much within a week and how it's broken down before they create the product, which is the episode at the end of the week before it starts anew again. So my main focus was absorbing that information, not us dancing on the show and whatnot. That stuff's the easy stuff because we do that all the time. 
The second round with most was I already knew what I was getting into. Mm-hmm. So if they're going to use us, let's use them as much as tit for tat kind yeah. of thing. And that was the, basically the meeting and relationship was about. It's like, can you guys bring your fan base? I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Can y'all do? Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah I mean, it's, it's interesting because I, I, I have, you know, my own views on that. But I think because um, I, I get it, you know, the, the industry and um, – there, there is a level of uh, it's not as real as people think it is. You know, it's called mm-hmm. reality TV, but you know, it, it it's kind of structured in a way where it's not completely authentic. But you know, like you said, to know what you're getting yourself into and kind of use them for what they're using you for. I mean, at the end of the day, you're getting a a platform to showcase. You know, whatever it is that you're doing, and mm-hmm. you know, for you guys, and when I looked at Most Wanted. You know, from you to to Ian and Poospos to Bam to John Ha, like you know, you guys, you guys had a squad. You know what I mean? And like, and um, and then individually, I feel like after the show happened, um, you guys kind of were still doing stuff as a squad, but then individually, you guys really started to get on your own hustle. And I feel like that's when I started to see like. You know, all of you guys being dope as a squad, but as like as individuals, it was like, yo, these fools are like nasty holding I think it down. That was a, the main strength of the squad that I sh- I believe should have been at the forefront of the of the team. Mm-hmm. That you have th- these collectives of chefs of different avenues that come together. So I don't. It's weird that I I say this, and I don't mean this in a negative way, but I saw Boswanit's purpose for the show as a boy band. Came in, you got your favorites and whatnot for certain different things, and we did the work, you know. And afterwards, each person has their own individual aspect that they want to pursue. Like Ian was at that time music and directing, you know. Brian went to singing and fashion. Some of us became fathers. I went into the arts and toy world production stuff. Yeah. Um, everyone already had traits too. Uh, Ricky went down to the fashion line also. Yeah. So everyone already had a goal I think they wanted to pursue alongside with dance. And I think that was a good connection of the team because we all end up supporting each other in each of those avenues. Yeah, yeah. How did the the toy designing, when did that come into play? That came into play years ago. So I was able to take a few after-school courses that was available with the education system then mm-hmm. to learn sculpting. You know, or you can go to Balboa Park and I'll have, like, pottery class stuff or yeah. painting stuff on cultural days, you know, like Mexican heritage, you go and they got free classes um, to connect to that. And then unfortunately at the time, funds was cut for the arts program. So that was just ripped from me, but never forgotten. And I was always into figures and toys. My father always bought, you know, me and my brother, all the figures we ever wanted to have the whole collection in play. And I always admired the anatomy and the structure and the articulation and the details. I'm always in details of stuff. Mm-hmm. Of which is not normal for a kid, but <laughs> how things work in a yeah. sense, and why do they make this, and why does it look like that, and the, more of a lot of the whys, 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 mm-hmm. if, you know, if, just to get that knowledge base. Then from there it was always about colors. I always loved colors and art, and those two together maybe want to create more and more. Yeah. So I got into painting a little bit then, and then got into school more heavy when I needed to, to get out of the area that I was growing up in to go to a better charter type school magnet okay. program. Yeah. Took advantage of education. I did a bit. Okay. Two years of uh, community and also went to uh, UCSD for a year and a half and some programs okay. uh, while I was in that magnet program. It was part of that thing. 
Gotcha. So I and, got AP and all classes. Your focus and in your classes was geared towards art. Towards actually no, it was uh, the major I was focusing on was um, electrical engineering and robotics, and that was my main forte with uh, a sub in interior design. Gotcha. Which was another thing I loved doing dioramas at the time, so yeah. it was another thing to try to learn that maybe would pursue art later on. Yeah. But I was really into technology at the time, and um, Apple was booming big time, so that I ended up going towards Apple, working yeah. for Apple for a bit and learning the apps at the time that was being created, programs, good with numbers and memorizing things. Yeah. And then that led to YouTube. And after that, I just took the chance and left all that. Then a few years down the road, you know, health stuff happened. I had mentioned to you before, uh, two car accidents that affected my health and physicality, couldn't do what I wanted mm-hmm. to, even though I wasn't that into dance at the time, it was still my, my work, my workforce to do. So I reapplied the funds I was able to accumulate from dance, fortunately, and apply that back to an old craft that I love. So I went full circle, and I was into toys. So fortunately, I had friends around different parts of the world, like in Hong Kong, China, Mexico, that was already in that trade and field. So it wasn't that hard to learn about it. And again, I was a big knack in um, painting, and I... Before I went to school for robotics, I was actually into being a surgeon because I was so precise with things and there's money in it, too, (laughs) in the time. And it's just like a thing. You're saving people and it's a very, very delicate thing and found it as as a challenge to learn. So as soon as I found out how many years you need to focus in that, I'm like, Mm -hmm. that'd be a lot of time put towards that that I would like to do. But I'm not sure if that's what I need to do if I was pulled in that direction. So I got into painting, master painting and Things led to another, go visit folks, not afraid to ask people questions, go to these events, make contacts, support them. It's just a cool another realm that's similar to dance, yeah. but still part of the arts. So yeah, same thing in dance, how we support each other. We go to classes or repost videos, same thing in that other world, and it goes to other things too. So I just reapplied what I knew from dance back into um, the arts of toy production and creation, and I love it. That's yeah. what I'm doing right now. So were you doing, uh, were you creating these toys while you were still heavy doing the teaching and dancing thing? Or did you kind of shift focus like later years? Yeah, it was a little bit kind of 70 dance, 30 of the toy stuff. And it wasn't even really into production yet. It was more just painting stuff and gaining information and just being, making myself known. Which again, same thing as I'm known in dance for a certain thing. I have a certain look and specialty when it comes to painting and dance that kind of appeals to folks too Mm -hmm. and i just study the market seeing what people are doing i don't want to get caught up in finding a niche to stay stuck in everyone wants to be known for something same thing in dance they create a move and they want to be known for that for me it's like i don't want to be known for one thing therefore i'm not going to try that one particular look to be stuck in why not just have a way that i feel and think and attack everything Mm -hmm. every demographic from children to adults to animals if I have to you know yeah. things that just would work for them and draw attention that it would appeal many many I don't know lifestyles mm-hmm. arts it's all there yeah yeah um when you were doing the the dance stuff though heavy um I noticed there was a time where you were doing a lot of choreography and teaching and then there was kind of this like yo Lando's entering these battles and like he's getting heavy <laughs> into the freestyle scene so what was yeah. Um, what was the mentality behind that in terms of you wanting to kind of get into that freestyle battle world a little bit more? Uh, you mean internationally? Yeah. It 
the battle aspect's always been there. Um, that's something you don't, we don't lose from the, the street environment. There's always a challenge of comparison or to motivate. Um, so even, I never lost the battle mentality or aspect. Even when I choreograph, it feels like I'm battling with that energy kind of sense. Um, but it was more the opportunity of traveling. Once I started traveling more and more for teaching and there's a battle nearby or there's a battle at the event, why not? Yeah. I'm not gonna see these people too often. They don't know much of who I am outside of choreography until I lay it down. Right. They need to understand the rumors of what the OGs are saying or the new cast saying that, yo, he does, he has the knowledge in both, mm -hmm. but you can't do hearsay too much. I gotta yeah. prove it and show and even just do it for fun that I wanna exchange and battle some of the people I admire or my friends that I see right. that I won't get to see again maybe. So it's just took advantage of the opportunity. Did you train differently at that point when you started entering more of these like jams and stuff? Were you taking more foundation classes? No, I didn't train the body so much. Um, it was more of a mental mental training. Mm -hmm. How how I am in creation for choreography versus as a dancer, learning from someone, and then the battle mentality is totally different. I noticed a persona in each one totally different aspect and I think I liked the drive and the feeling the rawness of the that battle mentality feeling in the in the freestyle world that I attuned to so mm -hmm. I didn't have to really train too much I just liked that feeling and I wanted to feel that more and more mm -hmm. so that was more of a drive to do better and I never really try to create stuff or you know do certain moves over and over just let the music ride mm -hmm. and just my ear is what that uniqueness was that musicality and moments of bringing small sounds to the forefront exact right moment that I don't have to do a flip for a single thing. You just hit a cool little move to a musicality that the general public doesn't normally hear. Yeah. Us dancers, we hear it all the time. We hear right. music over and over, but most people in the crowd aren't usually full of dancers because honestly, yeah. dancers in our field are either broke or ain't got no money to go to the events. <laughs> they go to the battles to get money to right. try to win. Right. You know, they don't want to spend that money. It's mainly, mainly uh, commentators that just want to see and support and be yeah. wowed by stuff. So. I started focusing on performing and battling for them to hear and see. And once you get that morale on your side from them, yeah. it's done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you, are you still kind of in that, like that, that sort of mind frame or has that kind of transition in terms of you wanting it's to focus on that? It's always going to be there, but it has transitioned mm -hmm. this past two to three years yeah. more, more towards longevity. And you can have longevity in this work, or a career in dance, but I don't feel that's, it's not a calling, it's just not for me. Mm. I, I don't, I find it redundant to me to continue doing this year after year. And there's enough talent, I recognize enough talent and good teachers that will continue to do this and that the world doesn't necessarily need me, but I would be around to inspire still at my own pace. It's not like a drive to, to make this a career and for yeah. longevity, Naturally, I'm more creative in the mindset. I learn everything in my mind versus trying to push my body to learn any, anything more at a certain level. And we're all getting older, too. So for career-wise, I don't feel like that'd be the safest thing for me to do other than share knowledge, which is another shift, too. So, yes, I am focusing more on the, we'll say, you know, the toy production stuff, yeah. which that can go forever and ever. There's new kids, new adults mm -hmm. that... There's always going to be a market that's not really going to die too much. Um, and there's different price ranges for different demographics. Like there's more range within that than there is for dance for me. Mm. But the knowledge I've gained and my, the way that I think, 
I can share that in a mental way for dance. Mm -hmm. So I'll still have a foot in dance as a career, but more for education and like mental tutorials type stuff yeah. to to spark someone else to be another great kind yeah. of thing and keep this dancing alive before our industry continues to ruin it. Yeah. I I notice um you know, in talking with you in recent times, you talk about, um, yeah, just how dance is kind of evolving for you personally, but you value um, education at a very high level. And so you as a teacher now, um, I mean, because I think as we've kind of grown up in the scene, I think the, the classroom environment, I've seen it change where, you know, back in, you know, maybe even 10 years ago, it's you, you, you go into a class you learn some hot eight counts and then you bounce, you know what I mean? And you, you learn some dance moves and, you know, that's pretty much what you're going to get out of that class. Not to say that that's wrong, but like, I think what I'm appreciating uh, now about a good handful of teachers that actually um, educate the mind in, in a dance class, you know what I mean? Because so much of what uh, we need to learn how to unlock is mental. You know, we, we have to understand something up here before we can translate it physically. And I noticed that, um, you know, you have a, a very strong like value for that. And even, you know, rocking with you last week at ML, like, you know, that class that you kind of was like an invite only sort of thing. And I, and I noticed that it wasn't just, um, the hottest, you know, illest dancers. I mean, there was some people that were kind of like just starting to get back into dance and you had a homie that doesn't really dance, you know, professionally, but just for fun. But you kind of like handpicked, you know, these people to come and to kind of learn and also share and kind of be an immer immersed in that sort of environment. So um, can you talk a little bit about your view and approach towards um, education for yourself as a teacher now? Yeah, Um you mentioned something earlier too when we talked about what the redundancy of why people go to a class and they might not get something out of it or they do. The analogy I always give um, is a hamster wheel. It's, it's not going anywhere. It's always redundant. It has the same purpose. The positivity of it is that that hamster's having fun as hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they don't yeah, mind exercise. doing that. Yeah, yeah you can exercise. Yeah. You're doing what you want to do. They don't mind it. The, the negative thing is that there's no growth mm. and people can get stuck in that wheel too long and next thing you know it's five ten years later then what you didn't have a backup plan you're trying to pursue something that a hundred thousand other people were pursuing at the same time mm -hmm. there's a million other yous there's one you but a million other yous in that same purpose sure. going after the same kind of thing yeah. and it's just the thing i teach in my class is why are you here is are you here for yourself for fun as long as you know what purpose you're doing you you won't be depressed or have any despair in what you're doing, as long as you know what your goals are or why, what your reasons are for doing it. Mm -hmm. um, another thing is I push originality. And I don't mean what's original to stand out with or what what's that characteristic that makes you special. Mm -hmm. It's just your original intent, mm -hmm. which goes back to what I just said is, why are you doing this? If you don't lose that originality in yourself, you won't, you won't ever have to reset. And there's a lot of people in our industry and community now that get so far and then they lose themselves and what do they do they go right back to square one mm. then they're kind of like well wow what am i going to do now they just get lost and they got to find themselves again i don't want anyone that that i love or care about or I, that learns from me to have that feeling of starting over resetting i'd rather have them get to a limit if they ever feel so and then just transition and push to another avenue mm. but take whatever they learned so far with them 
to inspire or recreate a new them, you know, yeah. version two, version three. Um, another thing I try to push is also um, perspective, that there's not just one way to go about things and focus on. Like, there's many, many paths. So another analogy I give is a rainbow. Mm-hmm. The, the subject I want to talk about is a rainbow, which is multicolored. But you only understand red. I understand blue. Mm-hmm. She understands green. He understands yellow. Mm-hmm. And us as a teacher, when I'm speaking to creators and innovators, is that you should have the knowledge to speak in all those different colors to get to one subject. Mm. That as a teacher, you need to teach many minds or say certain things or give an example certain ways that pulls in everyone to get to that balance and level. So that's how I build my classes. And I, I do that more so now by gradually building their ear first mm-hmm. so that the music becomes subconscious mm-hmm. less and less and that when an accent does come up they don't have to anticipate it so much that they can feel more than anticipate what's mm-hmm. happening so once everyone's ear is at that level then i build the body up the body will take time I, everyone can't produce the same effect that we have because again we have decades of knowledge in our bodies right. how do we teach a generation that's at such a high learning pace and uh, output level to break down the layers now. We had to build up the layers to produce something. They're at that final product now and teaching them to break down the layers to know what it is that they're doing, I feel is uh, should be the main mindset of the teachers nowadays right now, instead of just going in and teaching the routine, them getting it and then piecing out. Right. What are they learning other than mimicking you? And then they're not being themselves. I also push freestyle. Like, hey, I give them moments. Right here, you can do whatever you want with your arms. Just be creative with it. Mm-hmm. But as long as we're all rocking as a party, mm-hmm. we all move together, but you can have different things. Another example I give is a school of fish in class. Like, we all rock a certain way. Mm-hmm. Everyone's swimming. But when one hits, they all change. Mm-hmm. They all move in unison, but still move differently. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. It's okay not to be perfect or to be a complete copy of what I'm producing. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, even in just that last class too, that um, one, I was like, dang, I haven't learned from Lando in probably like a decade. And so I kind of was like, you know, not sure what to expect, but then um, it was, I think what, what I saw in the way that you teach, like you're giving substance, yeah, from getting everyone's ears trained up and then, you know, you kind of pace the music down in terms of tempo and then yeah. you, you increase it gradually and all that. And I thought that was dope. And I think when I what I noticed was just you as a teacher are very observant of your students, you know what I mean? Because I think that's the mark of a good teacher is don't just teach the same way every time because it may be just be flying over everyone's heads if you if they are not getting it. But you you will watch and you'll observe like, OK, I think I, I know what this person needs or what the general class kind of needs. And you'll kind of read that. And at the same time, you make a fun and um, like comfortable environment, too, because mm-hmm. I think you know, the, the class taking, you know, uh, fear these days is like, everybody's at such high level of talent. You know what I mean? Like there's these kids that are like 12 years old that are crushing it. I'm just like, what the heck, (laughs) what's wrong with me? I I was not doing that at 12, you know? And, and I think it could be, it could be kind of, um, intimidating and almost even paralyzing for you to, you know, go into a class just with all these nerves. But I think, you know, for you, you you bring in your personality, your fun mm-hmm. and and the quality of education and the little tools and, you know, little tricks to like teach yourself, um, teach your ears, teach your mind, teach your body and all that. And I think that was dope and how you you put that all together. 
And it was it was work. It's not something that happened over time. Like I didn't realize how to teach what I wanted to teach until five or six years ago, you know, mm. over 15, 16 years of teaching and traveling where I finally fine-tuned what it is I want to do for them mm-hmm. and what I, what I get from them also. So when I am in class, that character I give is me, for one, it's my day to exercise, <laughs> which isn't too often anymore, and two is to enjoy the class etiquette and environment with them as well. So even though I'm teaching, I'm still learning and being a part of the class. Right. And that kind of breaks the barrier of that whole teacher-student thing, even though they still give me the respect of what I'm saying and teaching them for them to grow. Yeah. So that's one reason why I did the special invite yeah. of the unknown name right now of what I'm creating. <laughs> and it's more of I'm, I'm not bored of new dancers. I just don't feel the need to have to teach them too much, mm-hmm. which I don't mind. If they come into my classes, I break it down every week mm-hmm. from level one to level four, which is four week span of a month. Mm-hmm. But it's to re-educate or remind teachers of why they're dancing and that this information that we have that we can exchange and pull from, which is kind of like the whole B-boy street mentality. When you're around someone, you see someone upgrading, you find a new way to create less, uh, exerting less energy by doing a more simple method that you see someone else doing of how they teach or how they move, which is why I'm pulling these teachers or just even creators of those who, like you said, I had a friend who came through who's not, he is a dancer, but not a dancer in our aspect. But he's in the arts and he understands music and creativity, which helped inspire, which can inspire him into his other arts or right. field, which, is, you know, he's a Miguel Wilson shout out. Shout out Miguel. Um, which is art in his, his style and he loves it too. And his, you can see his artwork, you know, at the beginning when we first started collaborating together, um, gravitated towards Michael Jackson, which is an artist and a performer yeah. and a dancer. So there's a connection there and that ended up producing a toy figure. Um, we, I helped him out um, doing that he he put out. But it, it all connects. That's why I want to have more and more people, even in the music industry, just come in and just vibe out and just learn how their body moves that might help unlock something in their mind in regards to their music career. Mm-hmm. That, okay, I know what I listen to music and I know how to sing to it and I know how to rap to it, whatever, but when I move a different way, I see the music differently mm. instead of hearing it, yep. which could help unlock something in their mind and then take their music in another direction like I don't know yeah but it's all for us to just exchange and just put ourselves in that environment again because we get caught up in our work so much for sure um I think with what you're talking about um in terms of just even the history of you know you finding dance to making your journey through dance making a, a profession and then you know all the while like you know finding your your love for other arts like you know creating these toys and stuff like that and it seems like you have this ability to kind of um adapt and uh allow yourself to uh, not be afraid of inspiration kind of switching gears or Mm -hmm. to kind of take another path have you always been somebody that's kind of been able to find new interests and like latch onto things yep congenial mr congeniality in Mm. school (laughs) Mm. uh adapt was a perfect word i think that's uh a god-given natural thing from birth uh which you know everyone has a certain type of genius kind of thing but i believe mine um not in a what do you call it egotistical way is is adapting that i'm able to absorb and break down things that I'm learning or I want to learn or even things that I don't want to learn to stay away from at least I learned that I don't like it Mm -hmm. 
um, which can push me to something else to learn. But my curse is knowledge, learning. And that's another thing I want to tell the generation now is just that try to learn something once a day if you can. Mm. There's something out there that you don't know. Don't get comfortable thinking you're a master at everything. Yeah. There's, there's so much we don't know within our lifespan, and it's short. And in this age of technology right now, you have it in your hand to just right. learn something or be yeah. part of the world. Don't be part, be stuck in your bubble. Like there's political stuff out there, there's stuff going on in the world. There's someone sitting next to you that has something that you may need to know about. Like it's it's all there. It's just most people to get caught up again in that hamster wheel, yeah. not just towards dance, but just in their life yeah. and in their goals. You say curse of knowledge. What do you mean by curse? Because sometimes I I can't sleep or you can't rest or uh, like you're always wanting to know more yeah, and okay, yeah, yeah. It's, your your it's, mind is it's a curse. Gonna... It's a good curse. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, it's yeah. it's not bad to like want to learn. Um and it's there like again, one sentence my dad said is education is free. Mm. If it's free, take it, you know, and that stuck big time that yeah got me to levels I didn't expect to be, but because of my personality and that natural mastery or genius trait of me being able to absorb, break down, observe, and adapt, and then reapply, Mm -hmm. that's something that I I try to surround in my environment that can affect other people too, which it works naturally. Do you feel like that, because for you, you said it's natural, like that's kind of like your God-given sort of uh, characteristic that he's kind of gifted you with, but do you feel like adaptability um, can be learned if that's something, if that's not something that you naturally do? Like how does one learn to be adaptable? It can be practiced. It's it's just slowing down, slowing your role Mm. to reconfigure the way you think, because we're all taught to... Aside from how we naturally think, when we're in this in the system, we're taught to think a certain way too, and they we're fed things that we don't that we can use in life, but maybe not necessarily need in terms of connecting with other people and supporting or um, absorbing as well. So I don't know. It, it can be learned. I feel it's it's, it's a mindset versus a physicality thing. Like yes, not everyone can in terms of dancing, learn the same way or move the same way, it takes time. But we can be taught, our minds can be taught a certain way to think if if we're willing to humble ourselves to be open to thinking different ways. Yeah. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But at least you tried to yeah. break your own bounds. Yeah. Want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Meister Watches. They are truly masters of their craft from quality materials and masterful timepieces to functional lifestyle accessories for the movers and shakers of the worlds they collide with, Meister is doing it. They've collaborated with some of the biggest brands in sports, music, comic book, car culture, and pop culture. We've actually had the pleasure of collaborating with them on a timepiece a few years back. I rock their ambassador watch. This one's my everyday watch. This one's my favorite. They are for our culture and for those that are on a constant mission to master their craft. Hop on to mstrwatches.com and pop in the discount code KINJUSPOD to receive 25% off your entire purchase at checkout. And this discount is exclusive to the Kinjas podcast. You won't find this discount anywhere. Hop on to mstrwatches.com and rock with the illest. 
This show is officially brought to you by Kinesthetic. Hop on the store.kinjas.com and plug in the promo code podcast spelled with the K at checkout to get 15% off your entire purchase. We're always trying to bring you guys the illest gear for all your movement in the shadows needs. Follow us on Instagram at kin.aesthetic. Like us on Facebook at Kinesthetic Brand. In terms of discipline, um, what sorts of things uh, or routines do you have, if any, in your life that kind of help you uh, keep your mind sharp to keep you open to trying new things? And, you know, because I feel like everybody that I talk to that has some, yeah, some level of genius, right, that they're like really good at one thing or another, um, like someone once told me that, you know, genius leaves clues. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you just, if you follow somebody that you think is a genius, like they they, they have certain patterns of routines yeah. that they do, books that they read, foods that they eat, you know, like, you know, their morning routine and all that kind of stuff. Like, do you have any sort of routine that you kind of feel like helps you kind of keep this adaptability and all that stuff and your inspiration mm. up? person to ask that type of stuff because <laughs> my, my straight I know answer is though. like my straight answer is like no <laughs> that, that's not that, that's yeah not true at all. no it's it's yeah. not there are layers to us mm-hmm. where it, be, it feels natural and it doesn't feel secondary so my natural reply would be no it's a natural thing mm-hmm. but if I did have to break it down it would be to it'd be listening listening, even visually seeing the signs, signs that are there to open your mind or pursue or to engage with also, just engaging. The more you seclude yourself, the less, I feel, connectivity you have to the world. And that's even in your own world, not just the world itself, your own bubble, that if you listen to others, even listen to yourself speak, listen to yourself write visually, Um, you can learn your path. You can learn your mistakes before they even happen. Like I said, you, there's there's clues and everything in our DNA and how we want to pursue things. It's just being able to again humble yourself to adapt and then reapply. Mm. So for me, it'd be listening. Yeah, that's big. Listening with my ears, but not just that. Listening with my eyes, like right. Yeah, like I said, I think you're you're a very observant person. I think again, seeing how you conduct your your classroom to um, yeah, like anytime I've engaged with you, like your eyes are locked in, and that, that's just <laughs> an, an indicator of somebody that's that actually cares about the moment and actually cares about what's happening. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think um, yeah, you learn much more from. I mean, well, sure, you got to do also, but I think before people um, jump to doing, you got to know what you're doing first. And I think to know what you're doing is to learn and, and, and to, yeah, listen, take it in first and, and look at all the different possibilities and then and then put it into action. Yeah, you know just, what I mean? Just sometimes just stop. It's yeah. okay to stop, take a break real quick, reconfigure and narrow your focus, then then pursue it. I feel like you grow faster when you slow down. And that's a weird thing to say because when you rush things, you learn so much. Mm. The example I give is that if you're going for a big hug, there's less strength because you're so widespread. Mm. Therefore, you're too spread out and you can't focus on, you lose yourself in your goals and you can't focus on what it is you want to be strong about. So if you narrow it, 
there's more strength. It's like in that workout machine. When you're mm -hmm. out, less strength. When you pull it in, you're all tight. So you can just focus and narrow it down. And then from there, that stuff leads to uh, paths. It veins out. It spreads out like a virus. And then next thing you know, you're stronger. You have a stronger base to support that new path. Mm. That's interesting because I think, yeah, you said something that definitely sparked something where, you know, you said don't be afraid to, to pause and slow down because mm -hmm. I think, you know, our world in, in the way that things are praised nowadays is if you're not doing something <laughs> at all times, you know, no you're, lie. yeah, you're just not, you're being lazy or you're, you know, I mean, I think like, sure, there's maybe some level of truth to that. Like, yeah, don't just chill out, you know, and not, you know, think, but I, I think it's when you take your time to pause with intentionality is like I, I need to stop because I need to know what I'm looking at right now. You know what I mean? Because if you're just going, you're just like, yeah, you're spinning your wheels. You're not necessarily focused and, and you know, sure, you're you're exhausting yourself, but you're not maximizing that energy to be poured effectively into something, you know? And I think, you know, that hug analogy I think is, is very interesting because, yeah, I think like we want to feel like we're doing a lot, so we want to open up our arms to receive everything. Mm. But then at the, at the end of the day, we're, we're receiving maybe small bits of a bunch of stuff that doesn't really amount to anything, mm. you know what I mean? Um, so for you, with things like uh, inspiration, you know, as, as artists, like, that's this thing that we always feel like we need. I, I need to be inspired yeah. to get up and choreograph. I need to be inspired to, you know, design this toy. Um, and just like humans, like everyone else, inspiration comes and goes, you know what I mean? And it's not 24 seven. Um, what are your thoughts towards um, one, staying inspired? And what do you do when you feel like you struggle with having inspiration? Damn, Ben. Um, <laughs> you almost got your government name. I was like, Benjamin. Uh, I haven't, well, I can't say that, but I'm not one to be inspired or inf influenced too much because I already have that strong sense of self, but I, I am motivated by others in their own craft. So I won't be inspired to mimic or recreate something that they might have done see that their intent and their focus and their will and determination and what they do will motivate me to continue or remind myself to continue what I'm doing and be motivated in whatever I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I also get inspired by not, by being away. Mm. So when I am in my own personal space and I'm not, you know, on social media or watching YouTube videos or whatnot, I, I can't watch other people dance because I can't relate what they felt in that moment when they created it because it's a reproduction of something especially with choreography mm -hmm. so uh, yes i'm in choreography but i don't really like it mm. because it's it's redundant but it has its purpose therefore i enjoy the art in it gotcha. so my passion is art it's not dance mm. there's art in dance therefore i have passion in it mm -hmm. from before now it's gravitating towards new avenues because again i reconfigured and focused yeah. And with that new field in arts and seeing people who have inspiration, they're hearing their inspirations again with listening in their music and their formats and who they look up to or even listening to podcasts, which is mm -hmm. a big thing now also, which I appreciate this also, yeah. that my inspiration is just wanting to focus and learn more to, to better explain what it is I want to do and pursue in hopes of again, inspiring someone else. I have that natural, again, thing where I, I cause inspiration by just being. Mm. 
even if I'm not trying to physically be there and say to them, just by me being and pursuing other things in relation and, and living, um, coexisting with dance, mm -hmm. that that will inspire people to do more that they want to do instead of focusing so much and giving their all, uh, all their time into one thing that might not be, that might be at a slow growth. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, you know, with what we have kind of chosen to do with our career paths, you know, dance kind of afforded us uh, these opportunities because of the, the platform of dance. And we've kind of taken that and, um, you know, yeah, we, we, we can teach classes, we can, you know, step on stage and perform and, and all that. And, you know, you mentioned earlier about like, you know, there's, there's a shelf life to that, you know what I mean? The, we can't do that forever, you know? And so, um, you know, for like myself to with what Kinjas is doing to what you're doing, like, I think there's so many ways to go about it. Cause at the end of the day, we all need to eat. We all need to keep a roof over our heads. That too. Yeah. So how do you approach, um, you know, cause I think from in talking to you, like, yeah, you're, you're an artist. Like you, you don't necessarily care about dance because dance moves are cool, but there's an artistry to it that you can appreciate. Um, and how do you take all of that and like your, your passion for art in general and then, you know, balancing that out with real life in terms of like, how am I going to, you know, sustain a livelihood? And so um, I guess how do you how do you kind of blend the, the two worlds of, you know, art and business and, you know, kind of, uh, you know, yeah, creating because you're you're in this space where you don't clock in nine to five at, at, at an office. You know what I mean? You're creating your own schedule. You're creating your own opportunities. Um, how do you approach um, yeah, balancing all of that, the art and the business side of things. I think for me, it's treating it as a job. So even though I don't have a nine to five, I should be treating it as a nine to five focus. Um, that way you don't feel you're accomplishing something. You're not just wasting time or lollygagging or whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's the balance part. And for me, it's just knowing the differences of each field that there is a business to it. Therefore I should apply. I should want to learn about the business as well that in turn supports the other categories that I'm wanting to pursue or wanting to do for, again, longevity and stability. And recently it's a new different focus because, you know, we are getting older, families getting older, um, economy shaky, you know, in, in our, um, in the U S right now with the world and whatnot. So you don't know, what the end game is and not having that information now makes you want to, makes me want to prepare and continue to work hard. And when I'm not working, I feel off. Mm. And that's like another curse kind of mm. thing where mm -hmm. I'm, I'm also built to want to work. Mm -hmm. I feel that. And even though there's a backdrop within it where I might, I might be restless or I can't stop thinking mm -hmm. that I'm built to handle that too. So having, knowing, knowing that, I don't mind breaking myself apart to try to, um, what am I trying to say? Split up my focus. Mm -hmm. So I'm still not widespread. I'm still in my own focus and bubble, but just giving a little bit of myself here and just trying to keep the balance. And when, when one is kind of falling off mm -hmm. to just know the signs are there for me. It's kind of hard to explain how I'm feeling or thinking in that time, but I know it's an end goal that I'm trying to reach and I'm giving it time. And if that doesn't work, that I'm not going to 
give too much time to it before it's too late. By the time they know if some people try to go back to dance, you know, when they pursue something that kind of fails and it's too late because that there's three or four generations already ahead of you and you're you're now you're now considered an OG. And I'm like, wait a minute, I just when did I get that OG? Time? Yeah, like yo, okay, I'll accept. I understand what OG means, yeah. but it's just different now. My focus for my longevity is family, stability, and just having enjoyment, you know, like just be able to support my my family and have that ownership. Uh my wife now, I'm yeah. married. It's it's a different mentality being an adult in our age range yeah. when things start shifting. So it feels like I'm starting my life with the knowledge that I built in my pre-existing life. Mm-hmm. This is the moment where I make and create who I am in the long run. Mm-hmm. And it's never too late. When people say like, man, I, I'm starting to dance at 21. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> if that's what you want to do, like do it, but always have a backup plan, plan, plan B, C, D, Z. Just don't get stuck in one thing till it's too late. Otherwise, you're going to be back at home like everyone else having three jobs working at Starbucks, which isn't a bad thing. It's yeah. a hustle. Yeah. Oh, and it's that too. A teaching class is um, don't be afraid to work to fund what it is that you want right. to do. Like you can't just wait on jobs also. You yeah. know, you got to put yourself out there in a sure. sense and brand, re-image yourself to be a brand where why should I pick this why should I pick you, like the generic brand, mm-hmm. versus Doritos right. kind of thing? Like, Doritos has a bigger name. Even though generic might be delicious and more healthy, <laughs> yeah. but you got to be able to explain that without without the label information on the back. Cause people, people don't want to read anymore. Like mm-hmm. you said, it's a fast-paced thing. It's consistent. Mm-hmm. It's all about the visual. Yeah, yeah. I like how you said that even though you don't technically have this nine to five that you clock in and out of, but you have to treat it like that. And mm-hmm. and that's the discipline side. And I think sometimes um, that requires, in some sense, more discipline than if you had a nine to five. Because, you know, a nine to five is if I don't clock in, my boss is going to yell at me and eventually I'm going to get fired. You know, whereas if it's for yourself, where you have to make your own schedule. Like that requires you to be a self-starter and self-motivator for you to know that like I got to put in just as much time and hours, maybe if, if not more, because there isn't something structured for you. There is no kind of safety net. You know what I mean? We work um, 16 hour days yeah. in a sense, even though we're not putting in the, the work that we do in the regular nine to five, but our minds are constantly working yeah. us entrepreneurs and artists out there to stay consistent and be coherent of what's going on. Yeah. So when you, um, so when you kind of like treat your day as like a nine to five sort of thing, do you have, does each day kind of look different from the previous or is it pretty yeah. structured for how you've created it for yourself? It's it's within a structure, but it is pretty different. It rotates. Like I'll be focusing on sales or innovation or ideas or meeting for sessions of seeing what the next thing is going to happen for the next year or so. Mm-hmm. And then getting back to the business side with, you know, um, factories and, cost and all that and then time to paint you know to be able to put consistent product on instagram for people to follow and see in case that reaches out or making collaborations with folks for future planning or it it jumps around but it's still within a certain structure yeah um do you work by yourself mostly yes but i do work with a team more recently within the past two years like i mentioned miguel yeah when something comes out or my other buddy willie like there's things that are happening. It's, it's a new phase for me, so it's 
I do work with folks, but it's still growing, mm. and, it, and I see promise in it. Mm. Do you consider yourself an introvert? Oh man, uh, <laughs> well, I just learned from a personality test. <laughs> Lydia over there, my wife. Those are always fun. Yeah, yeah, it's both, uh-huh. and I I kind of feel that it's both introverted, as in my thoughts, um, but the opposite when I'm sharing. Sure. I don't mind, like, especially with dance, we're teachers. We have to be um, out there to yeah. be that character person for them. But when it's, when I turn off the Lando switch, <laughs> I'm normally at home in my yeah. own environment and just kind of off. So I don't yeah. really reach out too much. But for those who do reach out, I'll give them the time of day. Yeah. I, I mean, I ask you that because not, I think uh, I love hearing people's perspective on what they feel like an introvert is and what they feel like an extrovert is and whatever the difference. I feel like, you know, you, you say you're both like you, you can be an introverted extrovert and vice versa, like an extroverted introvert, you know, and and I think it, it's more so I mean, just from what I've learned and, and even experienced in knowing people is that it's more of like kind of where you gain your energy and how you re-energize, you know? Yeah, and yeah. and I feel like knowing you, I feel like, yeah, I know you probably re-energize by being at home and just doing you. And then, but, you know, you can get out into a classroom or be out there and go to these events to meet people and, and network and whatnot. But you are able to be extroverted and be outgoing and social after you've kind of recharged. And, and then after you've done all that, it's like, all right, I got I to get back and yeah, recharge yeah, again. True. You know what I mean? Or and I, I just fake it. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, the, it, it's, it's interesting. And I think it's important for people to kind of know that, not to just, not for these, like, fun personality tests, though it's always kind of fun to take these things. But I like to learn from it because I think if you can understand the way that you um, recharge, because everybody needs to recharge, you know what I mean? And, and everyone needs to get energized. If you know how you receive that the most, then you could just be more effective because sometimes people don't, under, they don't know why they're burnt out or they don't know how to get themselves okay. into a place where they want to be. It's like, because they don't realize like, yo, I need to recharge in this way or that. But if you know that, it's like, cool, I'm burnt out. That must mean I need to go recharge somewhere, you know? And I think that's important to kind of know Are for yourself. Recharge? is turning off mm. and even if I'm being introverted at home if someone wants to come over and I'm t- speaking hanging out with our day or Dev and my other buds yeah. I'm still an extrovert in my introvert environment right yeah <laughs> so it's like yeah and I, I notice that people too like I know a lot of people who are introvert but they like they love people coming over yeah, but like, I'm, I'm not trying to go out but feel free machine. I got my Netflix <laughs> anime crunchy roll like, yeah yeah that's what's up man that's dope um, so where, where do you feel like you're at now in terms of, I mean, yeah, do you, you just got married, man. Congratulations. Shout Thank out Lydia you. back there, <laughs> you know, and like, you know, <laughs> life is happening and, and, you know, like it's dope to see you for sure. Cause I feel like dance still needs you, man. I mean, that you're the, the mentality that you have, obviously the originality of movement that you're teaching and. Um, and, and like the toy thing happening, you know, like where do you see kind of life shifting in, ter- in terms of like your, you know, your future goals and stuff? Well, I'm, I'm actually happy to hear that, that I'm still wanted or needed. And I hear that yeah. I've been hearing that quite often, even from like OGs that I have still one foot in the industry, commercial community and I only have two feet. But my third foot <laughs> <laughs> in uh, the 
underground freestyle battle scene, yeah. like I'll I'll never lose that interest and joy. And as long as they want me to be around or just even be there or support or look at their videos for inspiration, be like, hey, do you like it or not? Or what can I do? I don't mind sharing that information. But my next goal focus, I give myself a year, a year or two to really divert from dance on the physical aspect and split myself in two. So I'm more kind of 60, the, the 70, 30 kind of reversed. The, se- the 70s now more towards the toy production creation art field where I really need to put more time into this, see if it's going to become something. And then within that two year time frame, if it doesn't, I can do something within that business or divert or refigure something else out before it's too late from not able to physically do things or mentally take it anymore. And then at other 30 is still dance, but more back into just training myself and enjoying my originality of why, what my reasoning is, and also education, just giving that knowledge to become that virus. I want to be a virus in the world, basically. Mm -hmm. Where, where did you hear that from? They, even if they don't know my name, they can yeah. remember where they might have heard something from. And it's, it's not like a give a credit. Dude, I don't care about credit. Yeah. But do something with it. If I'm teaching you something and you're there to learn from me, do something with it. Yeah. I don't mind you biting to re-innovate. Everyone copies some way, somehow, mm-hmm. because they have an interest in it. It's just add that to yourself and re reinvent how do you define success? Oh, it, man. <laughs> Am I hitting you with the hard ones right now? No, because I'm trying to like, when you give me one subject or word, my mind's already boom. Yeah. It's, so I'm trying to like grasp yeah. one thing that I want to share with the audience. Yeah. That Well, that's what this is good for. And, and so, you know, just to even, and I, I feel like I kind of say a version of this in every episode, I love this podcasting format because I view this and we're talking about education and, you know, people don't want to take time to like actually learn about some stuff. I mean, this program is like what, an hour to hour and a half. And and I think, you know, for people like students that come and take your class, I'm sure you get this question all the time where they ask for a tip and they're like how do i get better yeah, yeah. and then you and you see a line of like 30 people so like <laughs> do i have an hour to talk to you right now i got 30 <laughs> other people that want to take a photo and ask me that same question and so i you know i feel bad because i feel like i don't want to just give you some bs like uh just practice more and you know what i mean like i i would want to give some sort of substance and so i think it's a platform like this you know, we get to expand on those questions. Like when people ask, you know, how, what do you do when you lose inspiration? Like you can't just give them like a two word answer and, and think that that's actually going to give them something. So I think, you know, for here, this is where we can expand on those big thoughts and like those words where, you know, when I throw that word success at you, you're like, yo, that there's so much happening. And I think, uh, yeah, like feel free to expand on like whatever that, you know, however you want to unpack that. I think if I had to speak on what I feel success is in terms of getting people to think in a different way would be, do you feel accomplished in what you've done or what you're trying to do? If you feel accomplished, then you succeeded. Whether if it's not for monetary gain or even a big step forward, if you feel accomplished, you succeeded. (laughs) Like you did what you wanted to do, no matter how small or big it is. And not, not in terms of even to be known or famous or whatnot, in terms of how people see success now or super rich, is that in that moment, do you, did you feel rich? 
in in what you received and what you wanted to do did you draw a stick figure a different way better than you did before that you wanted to do it to in turn make a flip book that you wanted to do do you feel accomplished that yeah. you made animation from simple figures right. if you did you succeeded so i would say that's what i would want to say about success at this time i love that man i think that's really good because again man it's so we can get so caught up with everything needing to look and feel and sound so grand you know when, when you know it's when you think success is like oh success is changing the world and sure that's success but then like you can change your own world moment by moment by yeah. little decisions that you make like you know getting to the gym feeling accomplished that's success you know and i think that's something that you know maybe we don't point um as much attention and focus to as much as we should like and kind of applauding the small little choices that are successful in your life because you know you know people say like this the small little things compounded over time creates yeah. huge things but it's those small little things that you have to constantly repeat and and build and build and build and sooner or later you got a freaking building you know what i mean and like just laying one rock at a time so i think that's good man to not put so much um pressure on yourself to just have this like i need to make a major move in order for me to feel yeah. like a success so that i can show the world like yo look at what i've done but it's yeah it's just those small little things man and that's the zombie effect right now is that everyone's on autopilot yeah and just trying to make it and doing the same thing everyone else is doing because it does work yeah. this generation learned the industry and this and took social media to another level where it works you see that it works and you can't can't bash on it. Only thing that we can do that don't understand it is to understand it and adapt it and make it a platform to uh, dwell into. But um, I was gonna say something on what did we talked about before this on success. You said something. Dang, I had something. No. Oh, no matter how small or how big it is, and also no matter how dumb and how smart it is, if you succeeded. So how how big it can be is like, you know, I did this paper plane origami 16,000 step <laughs> crane thing that just moves a little bit but you feel accomplished yeah. you succeeded in something yeah. that your mind normally wouldn't do right. and even something as dumb as creeping up behind somebody and cutting a fart and they turn around and start smiling you succeeded in making yeah. them laugh yeah. like it doesn't matter sure. but how how is it that you want to see mm. success mm -hmm. did you accomplish yes if you didn't yeah. try again love it Create your own definition of it. it. Doesn't have to be someone else's, you know, version or definition of success. I love it. That's what I'm hoping for the next next thing. Cause I don't know what's yeah. next for dance. Let's say dance. Yeah. I don't know. I think the next thing is going to come back to our generation. Like we talked about, that we don't feel we have the power or the recognition at times to speak up and and be those new OG leaders because we still have OGs who are still present. And even some of them are reintroducing themselves and being more outspoken yeah. uh, on the gram, you know. But we have that power to change things now. So I think that next change is going to be from us, yeah. which is why I did that untitled invite thing yeah. for now. I dig it, man. And I vibe with that, bro. Tight. I agree. Tight. Um, we're going to do a lightning round with you. I'm going to throw some questions at you. And you got to just in lightning fashion respond first off the top. Here we go. Three, two, one. Favorite food? Favorite food? 
Oh man, it might be Pad Thai right now. Pad Thai, favorite <laughs> movie of all time. Um, how can I draw a blank? The Fifth Element. Okay. Favorite place that you've traveled to? Uh, I'm gonna say Hong Kong. Word. Um, country that you've had the best teaching experience with students, the place. Oof, it's Thai. It's gonna be uh, Poland and Taiwan. Sick. What is your classroom pet peeve? Um, asking me to watch you prior to end the class to give you a note. <laughs> like, yo, did you see? Can you give me your notes, bro? I didn't see you. You didn't say nothing in the beginning, but if you tell me beforehand. Yeah, that's good. Uh, dream collab scenario. Dream collab? In whatever way, however you want to define that. It could be dance, it could be toys. Uh, it could be it's going to be toys. It's like collaboration with any company that would want to create and produce something to for the enjoyment of whoever. Any, no, no no company name off top? There's so many, but I think uh, I love a company called Medicos, okay. which is they create a lot of the JoJo and Bizarre Adventures. That's my favorite anime Sick. Uh, figures, but the articulations is kind of like bar none to me right now. Mm. Similar to Tamashi, which would be another good company to work with, uh, Bandai. And Sota Toys, which is no longer existing, but they used to do the old Street Fighter figures. Oh, sick. Okay. Um, what is your favorite Marvel character? Oh, you can't do that. So you, <laughs> yeah, know, you should have been wearing the yeah, hat. You know, you know I'm you a big hats earlier. Oh, you know I'm a big comic movie buff. Yeah. One Marvel. Oh my gosh! It's supposed to be lightning round. It's gonna be a few strikes, man. <laughs> you just been. Struck. We'll just say I'll say Wolverine for now. Wolverine, most consistent. Oh, it's super classic. Yeah. Um, favorite anime. Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. Okay. Um, if you were to have a superpower, what would that superpower be? It could be time travel. <laughs> Bro. Not just yes. to hear about stories, but to experience it. Uh huh. Time travel, but kind of in the fourth dimension, not phase, so I can't get affected by it. <laughs> so I want to go see World War II and just chill and just eat my chips and watch. I don't want to get shot up. Yeah. I just like can watch what's going on. Okay, so you're like invincible <laughs> and you can time travel. Yeah, yeah, like intangible. It'd yeah. be intangibility, okay. time travel. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Uh, well, speaking of which, if you could go back into time for your own life, and give yourself one piece of advice, what would that be? So I'm going back to my own life. You're and going back myself? to, yeah, you're, you're going back to talk to old, you know, Lando, 10 years old. What are you telling 10-year-old Lando? I would tell him what my father told me uh, to take advantage of education while it's free. Mm. I think if I would have done that sooner, my mindset would have started sooner. I'd be more advanced than where I'm at now, but Got I'd it. give the same advice. Word. Would you say you have any regrets? Right now? No, not really. No real regrets. I don't really look back to try to regret things. If it would be, it would I would regret having Yeah, not not met my wife sooner. <laughs> hey, better late than never, man. Yeah, yeah. Come on, if you I would have had now. that first and just be fine with life. That would have been cool. Not that I regret my past relationships, sure. but I just yeah. don't feel like being spread out. You know, totally. times you lose yourself. I totally agree, man. Um, less of, more of. 
<laughs> Hit it with that thumb. Good job, honey. <laughs> <laughs> um, less of, more of. Uh, what would you want to see less of in the world and also more of? Less attention to their technology and phones. Mm-hmm. More reconnecting and communication. Mm. Legit. Drop the phone, go go take a horse carriage ride. Just don't even drive that day. Yeah, just, just take that horse get carriage. Out there and figure it out. <laughs> and go visit Ben and eat his food. <laughs> <laughs> take you two days to get there, but it's yeah. like, yeah, hey, I, I accomplished something. Yeah, dude, take it back old school, baby. Yeah. Uh, what is your golden rule, your life mantra? Uh, it's to to have, to widen your perspective. Mm. Uh, that's been my, my main thing to teach lately for my, my mantra, I'd, I'd say. And the analogy I give is breaking your bubble when we're... In the womb, that's one perspective of your environment. Mm-hmm. When we're out, it's with your mother. Mm-hmm. But then it's in your household. Then it's your block. You start learning things. You, you're given freedom to be trusted to go play in the playground at your school. Mm-hmm. Then it's your city. Then it's your state. Then it's your country. Mm. Then you're in the airplane in the sky looking down at everybody. It's a different perspective. <laughs> mm. So the last thing I'd want for myself is to see from an astronaut's point of view. Mm. When you're in space what is their perspective like? Yeah. I have no idea what, why their minds are, why when you hear an astronaut speak on, you know, uh, Planet This on yeah. Netflix or whatever, right. that they have a different way that they look and a different way that they talk because they've brought in, they've reached an experience that most of us cannot experience ever. Hmm. And they look at life differently because of that perspective. That's wild. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I never, I mean, perspective is everything. Perspective is yeah. the way that you view life, you know what I mean? And you, you view it only through the lenses that you've actually looked through, you know what I mean? So, yeah, from be an astro- yeah, the astronaut's yeah. perspective, like, yeah, you've seen, you've seen Earth from a distance and you've been on other planets as wild. And you know there's, like, life down there. So there's, there's depth and then the surface, like, yeah. you can have perspective of surface things, that's okay, but there's there's depth to it. And that goes back to, again, disconnecting with what's on the surface. You know, it's okay mm-hmm. to see things on Instagram and be connected because that's our livelihood now. Yeah. Without it, it's, it's a little difficult. But to be consumed by it, it's, you lose a sense of self and self of environment as well. Mm-hmm. That you're detaching from people that could be affected by you negatively and positively. Mm-hmm. You know, not, I'm not saying that you shouldn't be negative to things, but it helps us grow when we make mistakes or have a negative thing around us mm-hmm. that you can also take that into a positive aspect. Yeah. Dig it, man. Bro, you've, uh, yeah, I've known you for a long time, man. And again, like I said in the beginning, it's it's been really cool to see the evolution and the growth and, um so much has changed in terms of the details you know what i mean but it's all just the same in terms of just you're you're just the same (laughs) dude man and i appreciate just your um your realness man and like you you're honest about the the struggles to um you know kind of revisiting having to revisit the drawing board of like yo let me let me rethink this through and let me maybe shift perspective and shift direction and all that and i think it takes a certain type of person to be able to um have that sort of like humility you know what i'm saying to to know that like you said like you're never gonna 
you're never going to know everything. You got to constantly just be a student of life, student of just things, right? And and the more you know and the more that you can expand, um, if, if you feel like you're, you always have something to learn, it keeps you at that place where you're humble. Like you, you can't be, you know, full mm-hmm. of yourself because you know that there's always more that can go in. And I, I think I've learned that about you. And I mean, just even for what you've done, you know, for our community, you know what I'm saying? For the industry of, uh, I feel like the the dance industry's like kind of uh, face has changed because of the community, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the dance community, the community that we've grown up in and, you know, the movers and shakers from that world are now in this commercial world and things are blending, you know what I mean? People actually like choreographing for, you know, major artists and, and you know, major, you know, looks on, you know, screens and stages of all kind. And I think that's that's dope. And you, you've had a major part in that and, and the way that you're, you know, growing as a teacher, as a mover, as an educator, even still in the dance space to what you're doing with your toys, man, like it's... It's cool to just see the 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 shifts and and like uh, it's inspiring for me. You know what I'm saying? And and like I, you know, I look forward to just seeing just the growth of it because I know it's not gonna stop, man. So appreciate you, man. You're doing a lot, and and you know, I guess we we're in that OG phase, man. You know what I mean? Like we're getting there. But I think what what I I love about it is I think. Um, embracing the experiences and the knowledge and and passing that to the generations that are coming up and you know that are looking up to you know with what you're doing with what we're doing so want to give you props man yeah, keep doing it that inspiration whether it's dance Lando wilkins yeah this toy stuff uncle scroll yep. skro there it is like be inspired as much as you can yeah don't whether it whatever your struggle is just push it oh man <laughs> We got cell phones. Bam. Yeah. Uh, politics. Be aware of what's going on. Yeah. You know, the abortion stuff. Stay strong. Yeah. The racist stuff going on. Stay strong. Even against the cops. Cops stay strong. Like, yeah. Yeah. Try to be positive and reinvent the image that you're being given right now uh, in our environment. So mm-hmm. shout out to you, bro. Shout out hey. to this. Thank you, Shout bro. out to all the babies' mamas. Babies shout out to God. <laughs> shout out to Anthony Joshua. You lost that fight, but I still care about you, bro. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like yeah. No, that's fun, it's good. Man. Fun times, man. Yeah. So you, you mentioned so you're on IG, Lando Wilkins. Your your, your toy uh, IG is uh, Uncle, Uncle Scro. S K R O. Anything else? Any websites? Anything else that uh, people should be on the lookout for? Uh, same website, Uncle okay. Scro. I ain't got no Lando one. I don't really care about myself what? and dance too much. So I'm surprised when people are like, hey, I used to watch you this and that. I'm like, for real? Yeah. Tight. We yeah. want to we want to go eat. <laughs> I'm always hungry. Ice yeah. cream anywhere? Yeah. Uh, shout out to Rad Retro. Rad Retro Power. It's our uh, Crew, okay. toy crew right now Sick. with Miguel. That's what's up, and man. And Nerdy Chavez. Dope, man. Well, thanks for coming on, bro. Shout out to Kendra's making moves we in the shadows. Here. We out here. We're trying. Um, guys, thank you for listening and or watching. Um, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast. Uh, if this is providing value to your life in some way, hit that five-star rating. Write us a review. We read through all of it. A lot of really dope suggestions and um, things that you guys have been learning and taking from these is really that that's really why we do this is just to provide value in some way, shape or form. Only thing that we ask is if it is helping you out, just share it. Tag us at Kendra's podcast cast with the K. 
Uh, hop on the website for the show notes. Um, everything that we talk about here, links, videos, um, all that stuff's in there. So if you're curious about anything, if it's a book that was mentioned, a movie or whatever, it's going to be all up in the show notes. Kinjas.com slash podcast. Um, and yeah, keep DMing me. I love regramming all that stuff. You guys are... I read through every one, and I, I, some of them you guys write like these paragraphs of what you're getting for, and, and I love it, and I love regramming all that because it's just showing us that this is reaching and it's working. Um, but thanks for listening, and uh, we'll catch y'all next time. Peace out. Catch your